Welcome. My name is Caleb, and you are listening to the Vitamin C Podcast. Hey guys, so for my episode today, I have a movie that I was supposed to be covering last week, but as some of you heard in my previous episode, things came up, I wasn't feeling well, and then also there was this weird review embargo on this film where even though it was playing in select theaters, nobody was allowed to publicly review this movie until the day it released on Netflix, which would have been the day after I typically release my episodes. So I said, I'm not feeling well. I'm not going to go see this movie. It was like a 30 minute drive to the theater. I'm not going to drive all that way to see this movie, review it, and then have to wait an extra day to release it when honestly, I could just wait another week and not have to go through all the inconvenience and be feeling a bit better when I watch the movie. So that was what I did. And that movie is Murder Mystery 2. So let's talk about this movie. Murder Mystery 2 is a sequel to the first Murder Mystery. That's why it's Murder Mystery 2. Both films starring Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. They play the Spitzes, who are this couple that get along about as well as any Adam Sandler comedy movie married couple does, where their marriage is only as good as the conflict allows them to be at the start of the film, and then it obviously strengthens by the end of the film. So in the first movie, Adam Sandler's character, Nick Spitz, is a police officer who is trying to become a detective, but he keeps failing the test to become a detective. And he gets so embarrassed by that, he just tells his wife that he is a detective, that he finally did it. And then they end up being caught in the middle of this big murder mystery that he takes the lead in solving because he, of course, is the detective before it all comes crashing down. His lie comes crashing down where everyone knows, yeah, he's not actually a detective. And so obviously, Nick and his wife, Audrey, who is played by Jennifer Aniston, become suspects in this murder. So it's kind of a race to solve this crime. But this was a franchise where I wasn't really expecting much out of the first movie, but I watched it and I had a good time with it. I thought it was a pretty funny movie. I thought the mystery was good enough where it wasn't completely obvious who the killer was the whole time. And by the end, I said, huh, that was a pleasant surprise. It was about as good as Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston's movie, Just Go With It, where I think that's a pretty funny movie. I don't think it's some 10 out of 10 movie, but I think it's a pretty funny rom-com. And likewise, I think Murder Mystery, it doesn't really do anything new with the genre. It's just a funny murder mystery. And so I saw they were making a sequel and I thought, well, of course they are because most people like the first movie. So of course they're going to make another one. And this wasn't at the top of my watch list necessarily because while I like the first one, it's a pretty good movie. It's not an amazing movie. And I would say the same about this one. It's a pretty good movie. I don't think it's amazing, but it's a fun watch. So this movie opens up with Nick and Audrey being invited to this destination wedding on this private island owned by a character from the first movie played by Adil Akhtar. His character's name is Maharaja, and he's super wealthy. I don't remember a ton about him, but he's super wealthy, and he's kind of funny in the first movie, just says really out there stuff. And he's pretty much the same in this one, just completely over the top, says outrageous stuff, just completely stupid or weird stuff. But he is pretty funny. 
And he is getting married to a woman named Claudette, who is played by Melanie Laurent, who is an actress I'm a pretty big fan of, actually. I really like Melanie Laurent and the stuff I have seen her in. She is in the film Now You See Me. She's in Michael Bay's Six Underground, which is a movie that I like as a Michael Bay diehard. And then she is in Denny Villeneuve's movie Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is a very solid movie that I recommend to very few people because it is very odd. But I think she is an incredibly talented actress, and not to say she's wasted in this movie, but I think she did the movie for a paycheck because nobody is really showcasing their acting chops in this movie. I think everyone just took a check and had a good time with it. It's kind of like... If I were to compare these movies to anything, picture Knives Out if it was made by Adam Sandler, and then picture for this movie Glass Onion if it was made by Adam Sandler. And for me, that's actually a little more appealing than those movies are, and not to knock on those movies. Those movies also feature a very stacked cast of a wide variety of actors, some with ridiculous personalities and backstories and things like that. But in this case, In the murder mystery movies, they're a little more Adam Sandler-esque in personality where it's something you would expect in a typical Adam Sandler movie because, hey, at the end of the day, it is an Adam Sandler movie. No matter whose name is in the credits as the director of the movie or as the writer of the movie, if Adam Sandler is in this type of movie, it's going to be an Adam Sandler movie when all is said and done. Because this movie has a different director than the first movie. This one was directed by Jeremy Gerlich, who I'm not overly familiar with. I saw his movie, The Wedding Ringer, which I thought was largely very unfunny. I was with a group of friends and we were trying to find something to watch. We were hanging out this one day. We had plans that night. We said, let's watch something right now because we were all in college. I had dropped out at that point, but I was still hanging out with my college friends. But a bunch of them had homework and we were all doing a big thing later that night, like a bonfire and party and all that stuff. But said, all right, let's watch something during the day. And we were scrolling through movies, a thing on Amazon or something. And my friend said, oh, this one looks super funny. I never saw it. And it was The Wedding Ringer with Josh Gad and Kevin Hart, which if I knew more at the time, I would have said, Josh Gad, no, I'm out. Not for me, but we watched the movie. And by the end... We all were just kind of sitting there and one of my buddies goes, yeah, it wasn't that funny. And I was like, yeah, that wasn't that good. I didn't think it was terrible, but it definitely wasn't good. And the last thing you want to do when you watch a comedy movie is walk away and say, I really hardly laughed in this film. And that was the case in this movie, The Wedding Ringer. Hardly laughed. It was a funny premise, had Kevin Hart, so it should have been funny, but yeah, it wasn't that good. But that's the director of this movie, and interestingly, the writer of this movie and the first movie is the most random writer in all of Hollywood, in my opinion, and that is James Vanderbilt. So James Vanderbilt has the most chaotic work history out of any writer I've seen because he's written Adam Sandler's Murder Mystery 1 and Murder Mystery 2, but he also wrote Scream 5 and 6, and then he wrote White House Down, Independence Day Resurgence, which is dog water. The Losers, which is a pretty fun movie. The Rundown, which is a pretty fun movie. And then Zodiac. Yes, David Fincher's Zodiac is written by this guy. So he's written the last two Scream movies, which are 
pretty decent movies. I don't think they're brilliantly written, but they're pretty decent movies. Then he's written these two Adam Sandler movies. He's written a few dumb action flicks. Oh, also, he wrote The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. And then randomly in the middle of his filmography, you have David Fincher's Zodiac, which was total cinema through and through. And yes, you could say that's because of David Fincher. Sure. Yes. Largely, I'm sure it's because of David Fincher. But James Vanderbilt still wrote that. So that's what I mean when I say this guy has just a very, very interesting filmography. But I think it says a lot about him as a writer that he's not a limited writer and he may not be the best writer, but hey, sometimes you're just good. And so good can produce great on occasion and it can also produce mediocre to bad on occasion. It happens. Nothing wrong with that. So when I see this guy's name and I see it a lot in credits, sometimes he just produces movies, but occasionally he is there as a writing credit. I usually just assume that the movie is going to be okay because he's at least an okay writer. But as I was saying, Nick and Audrey go to this private island that is just beautiful and they have this really expensive room that they're staying in. They get free iPhones left for them in their room and the closet is full of all these beautiful clothes. The bed is gigantic. They've got complimentary cheese and wine and snacks and all that stuff. It's just the ideal vacation. And there's also this running gag on the island that I won't really spoil, but it has something to do with the animals on the island, which is pointed out right away. And then you see it in every single scene. It's not pointed out in those scenes, but you can see it in every scene afterwards. The animals on this island all have a certain thing to them. And it cracked me up every single time. It's just such a dumb joke, but it made me laugh every single time. But anyway, Nick and Audrey go to the actual celebration for this wedding and they meet a few new characters there who will all be parts of the plot going forward. You meet Maharaja's sister, who is played by Kuhu Verma, who I've never actually seen in anything up to this point. And I believe her name is just Sarah. It's spelled kind of different in the cast, but I'm pretty sure it's just Sarah if my memory serves me correctly. And then you also meet Francisco, who I believe is the uncle, and he owns a certain share in the business that Maharaja has made all of his money from. And Francisco is played by Enrique Arce. And then you also have Jody Turner-Smith, who plays the Countess, Countess Sekou, who was formerly engaged to Maharaja. And Joni Turner-Smith has sort of this sidekick named Imani, who's played by Zurin Villanueva. And Imani is so funny because she doesn't really say a ton. She kind of just repeats anything that Jodie Turner-Smith's character says or laughs at anything her character says. And she has the most ridiculous laugh on the planet. And again, it's one of those stupid gags in the movie where it's just this character has a stupid laugh, but it makes me laugh every time. I don't know, man. It's just funny how there are some jokes that are just such cheap laughs, but they definitely work in this film for me. I think if you're an Adam Sandler fan, you probably would enjoy this movie as much as any of his other movies because it has some of it's not as ridiculous, I should say, as stuff like The Waterboy, but it's probably more like his stuff in the last decade or so where there are some ridiculous characters and just dumb running gags in the movies. Stuff like just go with it, for example. But anyway, at this celebration, stuff goes down, somebody dies, and it's the bodyguard to Maharaja. 
and I should note, he is the primary bodyguard because formerly the character from the first movie, Colonel Ulanga, was his bodyguard, but he lost his whole arm. He, in the first film, doesn't have a hand, and there are jokes made about that. And in this movie, he doesn't have his full arm, and there are some more jokes made about that. But because of that, he is no longer the primary head of security. It's some other guy who ends up being killed, and Maharaja ends up being kidnapped. And because this is this big thing, Nick and Audrey say, hey, we got to solve this. This would actually be really good for our business. One, this is sort of our friend, but also this would be big for our business if we could crack this case. And so before they leave the celebration, Nick basically says that the characters that I was just talking about, all the characters that are the main characters are the primary suspects, because even though there were all these people at this wedding, the only people that knew the specifics about this celebration were the main characters that I just introduced you to. And so they said, okay, all of you guys are suspects. We're going to figure it out in the morning. And they go back to their room and Adam Sandler pushes this big thing in front of their door so no one can get in because he said, hey, we just said that we know one of them is the killer. They're going to try and come and kill us. So he's blocking the door. But then somebody comes and knocks on the door. And so they have to move it so they can answer the door and it is the uncle or whatever his relation is. And he comes in, starts spilling the beans. There's also kind of this running joke that I don't really love. It just weirds me out because this guy is way too horny. Like he is constantly hitting on Jennifer Aniston, which, hey, fair, fine. I get it. But it's kind of like his main personality trait is just being incredibly horny. And I just never like characters like that. They always annoy me. Like as a kid, when Looney Tunes was on, there was the character Pepe Le Pew, where his entire personality trait was just being incredibly horny. I never liked that character. It just made me uncomfortable to watch as a kid. And as an adult, it's actually even weirder. It's like, man, this girl is not really into him. And he's just getting his stink all over her constantly. That's kind of creepy. But periodically throughout this night, everyone keeps dropping by one after another to tell Nick and Audrey who they think the killer is or why they aren't the killer and things like that. And they keep having to hide them in different spots in their apartment. And every time a new person comes in, Nick moves the table thing to block the door again and he has to move it back over and over. And again, it's a funny gag in this scene. Anyway, in the morning, another guy shows up and that is Mark Strong's character named Miller, Detective Miller. I don't know exactly what it is. They just have him listed as Miller in the cast. I don't remember what his title was in the movie, but he's actually the guy that wrote the book on being a detective that Nick and Audrey have been studying because it's the book you need to study to take the test to be a licensed detective. And so he shows up and takes charge of the operation and immediately identifies Nick and Audrey as suspects because he said, oh, well, you could have staged all this because if you solve it, it would help your business. So it's kind of back to what it is in the first movie where it's, oh, these people might be suspects to the authorities and maybe they're being set up. But anyway, the movie goes on and funny stuff happens more or less throughout the film where at times I thought it might have been obvious who the killer was, but they were pretty intentional misdirections because sometimes I say, oh, that's kind of lazy. They're basically telegraphing who the person is. Something seems a little too obvious. And in other movies, I'd say that it wasn't intentional for it to be completely obvious. But in one like this, I say maybe they're making it more obvious because it's an Adam Sandler movie and they want people to kind of follow along. But quite honestly, 
I really didn't know exactly who the killer was in this movie for a majority of the movie. Like these movies aren't aspiring to be these complex mysteries, but at the same time, they kept me guessing more than, I hate to compare. I mentioned Knives Out and Glass Onion where I said that this is like the Adam Sandler version of those. But honestly, I knew who the killer was in Knives Out before I knew it in Murder Mystery. And I knew who the killer was in Glass Onion before I knew it in Murder Mystery too. So you guys might be thinking I'm dissing on those movies. Not necessarily. It might just be that James Vanderbilt's actually an okay writer. I mean, he did do Scream 5 and 6, which it was kind of obvious who the killers were in those movies. But at the same time, it at least leaves you guessing a little bit for a majority of the runtime like the other Scream movies did. So I think it's written well enough where it's just not completely obvious. It keeps you invested where you're at least curious to see how it all shakes out. And the big reveal is not done as eloquently as other mystery movies. Like the Knives Out movies, of course, has Benoit Blanc giving these big grand speeches where he's using big words and things like that. And it's kind of funny. Daniel Craig is very charismatic. Or you got the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies, which have Robert Downey Jr. just crushing it in his line reads. But also you have the typical Guy Ritchie editing and cross-cutting as he's talking where you're seeing all this stuff play out in flashbacks while also seeing stuff play out in real time. And that's really fun. So there's nothing quite like that in this movie. It's not shot by anybody capable of doing something like that. And of course, Adam Sandler is a very good actor in his own right. Even though he does these silly, goofy movies, I've seen him in movies where he's actually trying to act and he's legitimately a good actor. I'm going to put that out there right now. He is a good actor. He could have won an Academy Award for Uncut Gems in another year. Some years are more stacked than others for Best Actor. That is one that he could have won it in another year. But at the same time, the character he's playing in this movie, he's not going for an Academy Award. He's kind of just doing his Adam Sandler bit. And that's fine. And that's another thing I'll talk about is just that Adam Sandler is really funny in these movies. And I think they make him funny without making him an idiot. Because sometimes it's the only way people are able to make characters funny is if they're just dumb. And to be honest, he kind of just seems like a regular guy in this movie where he's decent at solving crimes and picking up on details and stuff, but he gets the occasional thing wrong. And the way he goes about it when he's wrong about something is kind of how a regular guy would. So I appreciate that. And then Jennifer Aniston is always really funny. She herself is a very good comedic actress. And the two of them together are very funny. I think they have really solid comedic chemistry. There's no romantic tension between the two of them, but nobody was watching Murder Mystery to see sexual tension or feel the romantic energy between Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. No, they're watching it because they're both pretty funny. And most people like both actors. And I sure enjoy them in these films. And I especially enjoy them interacting with Mark Strong, who is a very serious guy in a lot of roles. And he is also a serious guy in this role, who is very good at his job. And the way they interact with him does crack me up a little bit. Because it's clear that he does not have the same level of respect for them as they have for him. But all in all, I don't think there's a whole lot more to say about this movie. This is not a movie that was trying to do anything new. It's just a sequel to a fun murder mystery movie. And this was also a fun murder mystery movie. I think it is a good enough mystery and that it is a good enough comedy 
where it's worth checking out if you like Adam Sandler movies. If you like his stuff, especially in the last 15 years or so, where he's playing less ridiculous characters, then I think you'll like this because obviously it used to be stuff like I mentioned The Waterboy or there's also Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, where he's playing really over-the-top characters in some way or another. And the last 15 years or so, he's kind of just Adam Sandler in his dad era where he's just being a guy. He's just a dude, not a total goofball. He's somewhat witty, but also a little unorganized and unorthodox in his lifestyle, things like that. So he's funny in a more natural way. He's not funny in a over-the-top way like his characters used to be. But I enjoy him and I enjoy Jennifer Aniston in this movie. If you're wondering if this is one you should check out, I'd say, yeah, why not? I mean, you could watch the first one first, but I don't think it's entirely relevant. There are some characters that carry over. There's the colonel, and then there's the main guy who gets kidnapped. And then otherwise, there's this inspector who I think is an Interpol guy or something like that, that they bring back from the first movie. And really, if you haven't seen the first, all you need to know is that this guy thinks that Nick and Audrey are the primary suspects of his case for a majority of the film. And then the end, of course, they were not the murderers. So they're kind of on his good side by the end of the first movie. So he is, again in this movie, playing the same role. But if you're just looking for a fun movie to pass the time, it's not too long. It's about 90 minutes. It's funny. It's a decent mystery. I don't think you'll be angry that you watched it. But anyway, shorter episode today, I suppose, but that's all I got for Murder Mystery 2. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Next week, we are going to have a couple movies that I'm pretty excited about. There's the Super Mario Bros. movie, which by the time this episode drops, I will likely have already seen. And then soon after will be the new movie Air, which I'll drop my review for also next week directed by Ben Affleck, starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and a bunch of other guys. And that's another one I'm really excited about. I love Ben Affleck as an actor and director, so I've been looking forward to that movie. So be on the lookout for those episodes. In the meantime, take it easy, guys. I look forward to chatting with you more next week.